Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Wake up, Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. I'm John Marsh. Stephanie Bell out today. Producer Hannah, Brian Hausworth, of course, along with us, as is State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today. Joining us in studio, Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater. Mr. Mayor, welcome back, sir. Good morning. Good morning to the entire team. It's great to be with you. Representative, good to see you again. Good to be here. John, what what kind of shirt is the mayor wearing? Uh, Mayor is wearing a fleece this morning. <laughs> Doesn't no have any writing on it. I couldn't it. find it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no writing on it. <laughs> Talk to us about the big announcement from this week about the potential for finally a uh, conference slash convention center and a new hotel for downtown Jefferson City. Big announcement. We had a great day yesterday. We had we have two projects that have been kind of working on parallel tracks. We'd gotten the initial report back, I guess, last December when it finally came to public works, when I was the public works chair, on our garage at at Madison and Capitol, what we were going to have to do on that project. We also had the project at the the old prison site, you know, looking at a potential for convention center hotel. The sticking point was always a parking garage, you know, building a parking garage for essentially a single-use project, the Hotel Convention Center, not having a lot of other traffic and retail traffic around that garage, and then just putting the financing package. When we got to March, essentially as my term as council was going off and was moving into the mayor's seat, it just became apparent that we needed to cut ties with the developer that we had there, and we needed to begin looking at other opportunities for that project at the prison. At the same time, just right after becoming mayor, we were approached as the city about the opportunity of potentially buying the News Tribune site, which would give us the complete half block there on Capitol between Madison and Monroe Street up to the alley. And a few of us started bouncing ideas that, you know, if we have this half block right in the middle of the city, the thing that we've always gotten pushback on on the conference center is not being in the downtown area where it's walkable to the places where many conventioners want to go, which is the capital. Obviously, there are restaurants and bars and retail close by, good parking that can be multi-use parking for other activities in addition to the hotel and convention center. We have about four to 500 organizations that purchase spots from us or that are single-day use spots. So we got to thinking, could we fit those three projects on one half block? So we started working with JC Regional Economic Partnership, and they hired a firm to just do a preliminary look at could those three projects fit on the spot. 750 parking spots convention center roughly in the 36,000 square foot range which is what we were looking at at the prison and then uh, 150 to 200 hotel rooms all on that site they came back very excited saying yes that will fit this will fit the next step being we need to go out and find a developer that would want to work with us so yesterday was the announcement that we're going to release a request for qualifications which would be 
We're looking for an organization that catches the vision, wants to be in the downtown. I mean, we've got the advantage of over any city in the state of Missouri, we can build a center that's looking at the governor's mansion, looking at the Capitol, two-block walk to the Capitol, one-block walk to, again, restaurants, entertainment, retail. So we just felt like it was a good opportunity. We have rolled it out to the state of Missouri. We've met with the governor's office and kind of done some preliminary work to make sure that we were on the right track. Once it looked like we were, we engaged the downtown association, and you know the project just kind of took off from there. In with us this morning, Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater joining us in regard to the new announcement about the potential for a hotel and conference center on Madison Street. I guess for a lot of folks out there, Ron, and you can probably relate as well, it kind of rolls back to the last few times it seemed like we were getting close to seeing a new conference center in Jefferson City, and it became one of those things, I'm from Missouri, show me. Absolutely. We we have naysayers, and I get it. I've been a, a part of the last one at the prison and was very excited about that opportunity there. We had a couple setbacks. You know, there was just a lot to deal with with the state of Missouri, even though they had given us some property down on the prison site. Most of the developers that we looked at that first round said, you know, that site down on Chestnut Street, you know, kind of down over the hill in the hole isn't really ideal for what you're looking for. You need to be up on the bluff and up close to the federal courthouse. So we actually were able to work out a lease arrangement on that site, but it wasn't property that the city owns. The nice thing about this property, the city will own the entire half block. We can control what goes on there or doesn't go on there, and it'll be much easier to develop the property. You know, Mayor, I'm I'm real glad this this project's going to go forward because I've been I've been around here long enough to know that I've seen other projects and matter of fact, one one was while I was on on the city council as well. Um, this hotel is going to go in there. It's going to be a flagship hotel. Is that correct? We have no idea who who the final bidder is going to be, but what we want is a flag there. You know, some I, something that will attract that will have an outside. I think that was the key, uh, really, when we were looking at the project uh, that was going to go down on. Um, on McCarty Street uh, next to the Capitol Plaza Hotel. I think that was uh, what it was going to be then. And uh, I think the same thing was going to happen at MSP. I think that having a flagship hotel for it uh, gives gives name to it, number one, gives the uh, expertise and experience that they have to, to bring to the project. So um, I'm really excited about the location of it. Um, was that the real estate term, you know, location, location, location? Well, I think this is true really for us. Um, I know when I was on the council and we looked at uh, we had a lot of the associations that came in that were taking business out of that were a lot of state business is here in Jefferson City, but they were having to go out of town just for their conventions because they we didn't have the space for them. So um, the size of this ballroom is going to be big enough to where that's going to be able to happen. So um, I know I'm really excited about the whole project. I think it's going to be a great project for our community. And as you indicated, it's right in the heart of the city. And you can walk again to the Capitol. There's a lot of events at the governor's mansion. There's just a lot of things. My association, I can't even bring it to my home city because we don't have a facility that can handle it. And I have association folks tell us all the time. So 
Well, I think it's going to be, be right across the street from it now, then, so I'll be pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater with us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Yeah, Mayor, uh, appreciate you coming in and joining us live, and uh, Representative Griffith, too. Um, it's been talked about for in, in many cases for decades. Um, so basically, 750 parking spots are thereabouts, the conference center, and then 150 to 200 hotel rooms. Would that all be in that area where the Madison Street garage is, or would you need to, would the city need to purchase the News Tribune facility? Just getting some idea there. I just, I, I, I'm surprised that it could, that area would fit all that, but there's a lot of area there. There's a lot of, lot of area. The city obviously owns where the Madison Street garage is. That's yep. about 60% of that half block. Okay. And then we are, we are under contract to purchase the News Tribune building. We agreed to those terms in September that the deal will close in November, and then we've got some fairly specific time frames on that property. Unfortunately, the garage is going to have to come down at some point, and that's going to complicate the construction process. It'll be nice to have an empty half block, but we're going to have to decide how we take care of our customers in that garage for the 18 months or so that we'll be down in a, a tear down and a rebuild process so it complicates it but again the nice thing is the city will own and control that entire block we can control what goes on it we just need a visionary developer that can come in and help us look at that empty site and say this is what fits on on here here's how you fit these three pieces and that's what we're gonna attempt to do over the next 45 days very good thank you mayor Ron, talk to us if we we change tracks a little bit. The the whole debate over the workforce housing and all, and the people know the backstory in Jefferson City. Well, Columbia got some HDC funding for some low income housing in the last round of things. Jefferson City didn't quite make it into that mix on HDC funding, but you told us at the time when that didn't happen, there were some other avenues out there, and we understand from talking to you and staff that those are at least being pursued. We're trying to look at all available options. Certainly the low-income housing piece is a part of it. It was unfortunate the way that it was rolled out last year. It garnered some opposition before we could get on the front side and, and get that opposition to understand what the community was trying to do. We tried to do it differently this year. We had two proposals that came before council, one a couple months before the second one. But we tried to do a lot of background work prior to that. We tried to keep council up to speed. And obviously there was some support from returning council members that supported the project last year. But I think by looking at the, the opportunities that we had, doing it in advance, we got a 10-0 vote on the first project. We got a 10-0 vote on the second project. There was absolutely no opposition from the podium. So the, the community, I think, understood as a piece of a comprehensive strategy, and I've bragged on the, the housing group that put together our housing study for our community. They did a very good job. And it talks about low income, but it also talks about million dollar homes and everything in between, which is what we need in this community to attract professionals and the, you know, the, the everyday workers, the, the blue collar workers. So we think the light tech projects, we've got two that will go to the, the commission and, you know, we hope We'd like to get both of them, but if we can at least get one of them, that's a start. Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater in with us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Beginning to sound like McDonald's and Chipotle are going to hike their menu prices 
after a guy from California named Newsom approved a $20 fast food minimum wage. Check in with more on that. The Morning Bell Business News with a Twist up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Wake Up Mid-Missouri, I'm John Marsh. Stephanie Bell out today. The Morning Bell, business news with a twist. Looks like investors are bracing for the Fed rate decision and the Treasury's quarterly refunding statement. Stocks moving lower, headed into the start of trading. S&P 500, which added 27 points yesterday, but still closed out the month with a loss. It's like extending that losing streak to the longest since March of 2020. They're set to open another 15 points to the downside to start a trading. And futures contacts tied to the Dow Jones uh, price for a 119-point pullback. So we'll see what happens there. But the uh, the spin story is McDonald's Big Macs and Chipotle Burritos stand by about to get more expensive at least after the fast food chains announce they will have to raise menu prices in the state of california to pay for the wage hikes that gavin newsom signed into law 20 bucks minimum wage for uh fast food workers and all and if you don't like the automated kiosks and all that ron and dave might want to get used to them because, boy, I think as as we see this and we talk to Brad Jones from National Federation into Business about the Missouri spend, all this is you start upping minimum wage and all something's got to give with these small businesses. Absolutely. We see it in our pharmacies. I mean, just finding pharmacy technicians and it's more and more expensive to bring the technicians in when revenues are going down. It's just a constant battle to find people that want to work and being able to afford them. so. And Ron works it, for Missouri Pharmacy Association. It's sort, of, sort of that I whole do. angle on that, isn't it, Ron? Yes. Well, and for me, it's, a, it's really a shame because for a lot of young people, that's one of the first jobs that they can have. Sure. So they learn the, they learn, uh, the discipline of going to work and, and being responsible and, and answering to somebody. And uh, when, it, when you price themselves out of the market for that, um, for me, that's a missed opportunity for a lot of our young folks. You know, it makes you wonder about all all those businesses, and I, I keep swinging back to Brad Jones and Missouri Chapter National Federation of Independent Business. It, it's across the board with those folks, especially with small business. And, Ron, you can relate because so many pharmacies, other than the big chain guys, are mom-and-pop operations mm-hmm. oftentimes. And, boy, it's, you know, the owner may be the pharmacist or he's got one more person on staff and all. And when you have those challenges, we have to pay people just to get qualified folks. It becomes a real challenge for those individuals, not just in the, in the whole idea of working 15, 18 hours a day, but just keeping the doors open. And we've been sounding the alarm for a long time. I mean, we're even seeing the big chains having struggles now on reimbursement and, you know, I have people ask me, why are they having problems? They own the big pharmacy benefit managers. They're even squeezing their own operations. And, you know, we're seeing walkouts from CVS pharmacists and other chain pharmacists. We obviously don't condone those, but we understand why they're doing them and the impact that they're having on patients. And it's got it's got to end somewhere. We, we have got to bring some relief to small business. I mean, I think we've all had to adjust our attitudes as we go into 
businesses and knowing service is going to be a little bit less than what we anticipated in the past. You know, I try to tip more if I'm getting reasonable service when I when I go in someplace, but I try to support local business. I mean, they're doing everything they can to try to attract staff in restaurants and staff in stores, but we all know it's a challenge. And as governments like California, and that's why I'm so happy to live in the state of Missouri, make onerous provisions, it just exasperates the problem. So I don't know where it all ends. You know, I've done a different uh, different topic, uh, Mayor, um, and really putting on your pharmacist hat right now. The PDMP that we passed in the House uh, a few years ago, what impact have you seen that this had on the state of Missouri and uh, as far as controlling uh, medication and that kind of thing? Well, I think, you know, we're still in the rollout phase. I mean, we had the, the St. Louis County plan that was the signed on a number of other counties. Cole County was one of the participants. You know, they're now trying to put the final pieces of the statewide plan together. And you know, they've hit, hit a little bit of a hiccup because they have to have release forms for, I think it's 47 or 70 counties that were participating. So I think they're trying to get the data put into the PDMP to have a, a basis. The other frustration is going to be is some of the contiguous states participating. So I think we're working on it, but we've still got work to do. Well, I know at the beginning when we were having discussion on the floor, um, it was 85%. So good luck on that. It's a good deal. Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater, State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We'll look down the road at the 2024 legislative session. And what our lawmakers have up their sleeves when we continue this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for making Wake Up Mid-Missouri your number one choice in the morning. Wake up mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. Stephanie Bell out today. I'm John Marsh. Producer Hannah in with us this morning. In the house. And Brian Housworth, of course, as well. State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today, talking with Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater joining us this morning. Ron, uh, some update on some of the pressing issues in Jefferson City. There have been a lot of things uh, on the radar. We're also, when you made the announcement about the potential for a Madison Street Hotel Conference Center, maybe an update on where we're at at the old MSP prison site and the, and the uh, 30 or so acres, give or take, that the, the city is in charge of. Well, the city is still incredibly excited about that piece of property. As you know, I think it was 2018. The state was very gracious to convey some property to us. As I indicated, we were able to work out a, a lease on what we thought would be area for a conference convention center. One of the second or third things that I faced as I came into office was that agreement terminating in July because we had really not made any commitment to the site and had not made any site improvements so we worked with the office of administration with state government with the governor's office with lieutenant governor's office a little bit in trying to extend that agreement and you know i'm happy to say that we were able to extend it for two years it gives us the ability to continue to keep that as a secondary site for a convention center conference conference center hotel 
but more importantly, it gives the city the opportunity to live up to our commitment that we made to that site, which is that we would work with the state of Missouri to clean up the site. Since we were conveyed the, the property, the state has agreed to place the One Health Lab on Chestnut Street, which is just east of the prison site. So, I mean, we've committed to work with the state to rebuild Chestnut because that'll be the entryway to the new One Health Lab. We've also committed to, we've got some grant funds that we've we've been able to acquire. We've got city funds that we have dedicated to the prison site. There are county funds. The state of Missouri has some funds for Chestnut. And, you know, we're going to live up to our commitment in demolishing some of the buildings that have to come down, taking down some of the sections of the wall that the tornado didn't already take down, and getting that site site ready for other development, whether it be the city, private developers, or the state of Missouri. And I really think OA as the office administration has stepped up. Um, Ken Zellers took over as the as commissioner and um, and really only up to responsibilities they had as far as what happened after the tornado and um, really hats off to Diane Gillespie and everything that she's done and her team has done over there to try and, and preserve that um, that historic building. And with being wide open and not having a roof and all the rain coming in there, um, water does bad things to buildings when it continues to happen like that. So um, I'm really in hopes that the, the master plan that they're going to have for there keeps a lot of the the guard the guard shacks that we've got there that we drove Correct. by. I know for a long time when we first moved here, we drive by there and it was active and seeing guys uh, up there. And um, so I'm really pleased that that, that we're going to do that. And I hope that we can find some more. Uh, I know the tours we got are excellent. Um, we've been uh, on the ghost tour a number of times, so it's a it's a great asset for our city. Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater's in with us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Yeah, Mayor, thanks again for coming in. Uh, I know you've been involved in that and many, many other projects, uh, as you call it, bread and butter issues, infrastructure, et cetera. Is there anything new with the the old Ramada Inn? Uh, I know it's had a lot of different names. The one up there on the hill by the old country kitchen that's closed down. A couple of um, your colleagues um, and a couple of former colleagues, uh, uh, former council members, described that area about a month ago as an eyesore um, and noting it was very visible from, from 54 and, and quite frankly have driven by and it, it does not look good. Well, is there anything new on that? Eyesore is a, a very kind description <laughs> of that property. Yes, it is a horrible piece of property for our community. It's unfortunate that it's gotten to the point it has. We are doing some some dis- discussions behind the scenes with the Peary family. They have been very open to sit down and talk to us, and we're going to continue those discussions. We think it's going to have to be a private developer, the the Peary family, the city, maybe the housing authority and other parties working on how do we take care of that, that piece of property. I can tell you when I, when I come into office, we made the commitment that we were going to do everything we can as a city short of acquiring that property the last thing we want is to condemn it and the city take it over and then have full responsibility of tearing down that that building which is estimated at anywhere from a million to a million and a half dollars so we want to work with the family i know they have some ideas on potential things they would like to do on the site and other places in the city of jefferson we would still like to get the two hotels on the west side of town 
annexed into the city, so they're paying the lodging tax and helping invest in things like the convention center. So the discussions are there. I, I will say they've been very open. You know, we have they haven't committed to anything, but at least we can sit down like adults and have a conversation, and that's what we're trying to do. And those those conversations are continuing. We hope to be able to bring a conclusion to it, but I, I can't promise on that one because there's so much out of our control. And just to uh, follow up, uh, you mentioned the two hotels on the west side. I believe you're referring to the Comfort Inn and the Hampton Inn out, out near Apache Flats? Yes. Yeah. yeah, they said just outside sure, of exactly. city limits, and I believe there's a little stretch of property between the city and them, so we, we've got to figure out because you know, if we annex, and we're looking at a couple spots to annex, it'll be voluntary annexation we don't want to come in and aggressively go after individuals or organizations that don't want to be part of the city but we're looking at some annexation opportunities down on wildwood where we're going to extend that road and those would be voluntary annexations yeah thank you mayor jefferson city mayor ron fitzwater in with us this morning on wake up mid missouri i'm john marsh state representative dave griffith in with us as our guest co-host today eight seven four Ninety-three ninety, Ron, we've been kind of Jefferson City-centric by design this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. But for our Columbia listeners, maybe spell out the challenges. And it's, it, it seems like everything, a lot of we're talking about, about Jefferson City, kind of directly or at least indirectly, cycles back to the tornado from a few years ago. But the former Simonson Ninth Grade Center, now in the hands of private developers who have some big plans for it. We're very excited about about that project. I mean, we had a developer that was looking at a very unique redevelopment of that site. You know, the tornado got in the way, the economic conditions, COVID, and, you know, just supply chain issues. Anyways, they they decided to pull out of the project, put the property on the market. It was costing them about a quarter million dollars to keep that property, you know, trying to keep it as airtight as possible, but they had gotten some historic tax credits, which limited what they could do. So they were very aggressively looking for a developer, and we were very fortunate a local organization, Mr. Stockman and Mr. Drury, come in and purchase the property. They've got long-term plans to put some housing there, some rental units, maybe some mixed use. They would like to create some opportunities to generate some tax dollars. So I don't think they've really decided on what the final result will be, but they're involved in other projects. They recently bought the Marmaduke House, the old warden's house near the prison. They've got an apartment unit on Marshall Street that they're in the process of rehabbing and a number of other projects there are throughout our city. So we know they're committed to the site. They're investing about a million dollars to put a new roof on it so they can get it airtight before the winter sets in, putting new windows in where they're needed, getting it buttoned up, and then probably in about a year, year and a half, when they get their other projects finalized, they'll come back and that'll be their premier project. And we're really excited to see what happens. As I look out from City Hall, we look at that building. So it's just an incredible old building. Yeah, I'm excited about what they can do with it to bring it back. You know, we've got the Lincoln University President's House just kind of over the hill from it. And, Next you know, door, basically. The, the Beatums and, you know, other people that live there. So there's a lot of interest in the community to make sure that we treat that property right, and I think they will. Wake up mid-Missouri. I'm John Marsh along with Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater, State Representative Dave Griffith in with us as well. 
I guess as we're kind of segueing into the discussion about Lincoln University, we got the got the word from the feds a couple of weeks, maybe a month ago or so, Dave, that Lincoln University and the HBCUs nationally could have been really shortchanged in funding they were supposed to get over, gosh, dating back to what, I think, the 1980s and all. And there's some serious discussion about looking at that when lawmakers return to the Capitol. There really is. I mean, uh, I think the dollar amount I heard was $161 million that's owed to them. Um, I, in the What I've been reading about it is how we're going to uh, get that money back to them, whether it's going to be in a lump sum or it's going to be in packages of uh, over a period of time. No matter what we come up with, that money is owed to them, and uh, we've been shorting them for so long. Uh, in the five years that I've been there, I've advocated for Lincoln every year uh, to get the money that they need uh, operationally. Uh, they're limited w- what they can do with the federal money uh, as far as their ag goes. Uh, but I think that's one of the best-kept secrets in in the state is the, the, the expertise that we have in that agriculture department at Lincoln University and the extensions we've got around the state of Missouri. Um, that money would, do, would go a long way. Dawson Hall right now is really in, in bad disrepair. I mean, it needs to be. Needs that's to the be biggest fixed. residence hall on the campus, the, the high rise. Yeah, and that's the one that caught on fire a number of years ago. And we need to fix that. And the monies that we can get from the Lincoln University is owed. Uh, we need to figure out a way we can do that. Um, fortunately, right now we got some money. Um, most of that money is earmarked already. But I think we need to try and figure out a way that we can do that over a period of time. Uh, to at least up the money that we're giving Lincoln University every year um, or give them a, a lump sum or, or, or at least part of that money that we owe them. Well, and it was that land-grant college angle that factors into it, and Mizzou being the other one that was um, on on good years that they were fully funded with their their appropriations to ma- do all the matching dollars that they needed for a lot of those federally supported programs. And up until recently... Thanks to you and and like-minded lawmakers, Lincoln just sort of got left out in the cold, didn't they? Well, I think uh, Dr. Mosley can really explain it a whole lot better than I can, but the formula that uh, the University of Missouri system uses and one that Lincoln University uses are completely different. And They were from two different uh, acts, two, two what, different 60, yep. 50, 60 years apart. And I think that uh, that really is why Mizzou has gotten a lot more money uh, every year than what um, Lincoln University has. So um, we got to fix that, and I am hope we're going to do that. Jefferson City State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host this morning, along with Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater in with us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Take a break. Come right back. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Tell your friends. You listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Here's a big old serving of leftovers. Enjoy. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. John Marsh along with State Rep. Dave Griffith, Jefferson City Mayor Ron Fitzwater, and are digging into the leftovers, see what's left over in the fridge. Guess what, drivers? Part I-70 near Roachport's going to close for an hour again this Sunday. Yay! To, yeah, demolish footings of the old Missouri River Bridge, the one that sprayed shrapnel all over the bridge deck and they had to patch it back up they're going to close the area around Rocheport bridge i-70 travelers from 7 30 to 9 30 a.m on sunday the blast to happen at eight o'clock and 
Not surprisingly, the uh, press release includes the information that traffic on I-70 in both directions will be stopped, which is <laughs> nice of them to do, considering and, they're doing demolition work on the bridge. Right, Anna? Yeah, and we know that traffic stopping on I-70 is always a great time. So There you go. At least it's early, early on a Sunday. Hey, Mizzou football team heading out to take on Georgia on their home ground, the latest college football playoff rankings. Tigers ranked at number 12. Georgia ranked at number 2. So let's hope good things for the Tigers, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Z-O-U. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> a little late on the draw. Right there. There. Well, well, Anna, you got to cue us better. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm not being a very good alum, am I? <laughs> there you go. Good morning, anyways. <laughs> I tell you, I, I, my leftover uh, is addressed to you, Hannah. Uh-oh. I am. Um, it's my first opportunity to congratulate you on your recent wedding. Oh, and thank I you. just want to ask uh, one question. Have you recovered from your husband's hit in the face from his helmet? Oh, man, that was that was rough. <laughs> For anyone listening right now that doesn't know what he's referencing, um, I posted the video on the Wake Up Men Missouri Facebook page a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were being announced into our reception, and I went to give the husband a smooch. And he was wearing his fire helmet, and I didn't account for the clear visor that sticks off the front of it, and I smacked my forehead on it pretty good. <laughs> well, I think you had a good recovery from that, though. But um, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I watched the video, and um, all seriousness, I want to congratulate you and wish you all the very best of luck. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, Griff, we'll let you out of here. Big priorities for the session, honestly, as we, you and Rudy Veet mentioned, uh, bill filing one month away. It is. And right now, um, October is the month we can really start working on bills. Um, November is uh, really the month we perfect them and uh, get them to the point where uh, we're trying to find any unintended consequences with those bills. And uh, a lot of the bills I'm going to be filing, I filed last year. Um one bill I filed every year since I've been there, so this will be the uh, sixth time that I'm going in to, um, trying to get this bill passed. So um, hopefully this year will be the year it crosses the finish line. So, um, yeah, exciting times, and um, a lot of my constituents, and if you're one of those out there and you've got something that's on your mind as far as what you'd like to see uh, happen um, with laws or legislation that could change uh, circumstances in your life, um, I welcome to hear from you anytime you can. Ron, on the horizon, big pressing things that we didn't touch on for the city of jefferson well we continue to work we made some changes in our health insurance we're trying to get those costs under control we're taking a very serious look at our transit needs in the community looking at how we move those forward we've had kind of a citizens group looking at transit they're to the point where they're going to make a recommendation to the public transit committee and public works that they take a more serious look at it so we've got transit on the radar, there's just a lot of projects going on. When we hit the ground in April, we hit it running hard, and there's a lot of things going, and we're very excited about this city. So, And I appreciate all the work that Representative Griffith does at the Capitol. Obviously, pharmacy is, is my priority over there, but I heard you talking about the veterans' issues and you know with Veterans Day coming up. Just We're so appreciative of all they've done for us, and I appreciate Representative Griffith's work on their behalf. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you gentlemen coming in this morning. Tomorrow, uh, Randy Tobler will bring the doctor up to the early morning hours. Randy Tobler, 4 to 6 every afternoon on the radio stations. And Stephanie Bell will be back co-hosting. Wayne Walling for the Department of Revenue Director will join us. And also, attorney Alan Dershowitz. 
So tune in for that tomorrow morning. Should be good on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Gary Nolan is on deck. We'll see you tomorrow.